want you to pull over a chair in the sun, Chaim. Let's go. Shleim, I want you to hear it today. Yes, when I when I was a youngster, Davy, when I was a youngster, a Rebbe of mine, I had a Rebbe, a very interesting person. He survived the Holocaust. A brilliant Talmud Chacham. He's a very unique person. He's a person who studied the Civil War Be'ion, like an expert on the Civil War. He's a he's a very um, cerebral, intelligent man, a very unique man, and he was he was a Rebbe of mine. He wanted us. He was try, He asked my Rebbe. He was one of my Rebbeim in, in high school. He he was my ninth grade Rebbe. He asked the Rosh Hashiva, who's my Rebbe, if he could have my Chabur, we hit it off with him, could he have us for all four years? Rebbe thought about it, it's interesting. He had a plan to have us all high school. In t- he, he's retired today and sits and learns as a Kyle younger man. His ability in Gemara to teach Gemara, I never met another Rebbe like that in my life. The ability to teach how to learn Gemara and the clarity and the way he learns Gemara, I'd never seen again in my life. He has a tremendous skill in Gemara and giving over like the flow of Gemara, Gemara Ashitaisis, very, very clear. I was Zaycha learn Masechta's getting by him, the Masechta we're learning in Yeshiva, and Arayoy Mazeh getting is one of my favorite Masechta's, and he gets a big chaluk of that. And he made an impact on myself, my whole Chabura, his clarity in learning. He has a tremendous cheshek in learning. He would teach us, he would say, Iyun Shiurim, very special yid. His son is, was learned in Shara Tayr. His son, Davy, was very, we have David Klein Kaplan's father. Told me, David Klein Kaplan's father. Very, very, very fascinating yid. He gave us a very special shear once a week to like a, a select group of guys went to a shear from him in the dining room. And we had like a private share on, Eon, on different Eon topics, deep topics. And always on Sunday night during the shear, there was a janitor. His name was Epidaya. Epidaya. It comes from Avadya. The guy's name was Avadya, Epidaya. And Epidaya was always sweeping in the room every Sunday night. The whole shear was a little annoying. But I figured that Epidaya, like Sundays, this must be Hishtel, like he's supposed to sweep there. So it was always like a little annoying. The shear and Epidaya was sweeping. This went on for months. After a few months, Epidaya sits my Rebbe down sits this particular Rebbe down and he had a list of questions. He was listening to the Shia for months and he was sweeping in the air on purpose. He had a list of questions. <laughs> he had the Abadaya. The Shia was a special group of guys and Abadaya would listen as well. The bottom line is, is um, this Rebbe told me a line. When he said it, JD, it upset me. Hootie, when I heard this line, I was like, nah. He, he's a very, very deep, person and very careful and he said that a person has one, two friends he said a human being has a chaver, you know, chaver. and you're in, ni- I was in ninth grade you saw me, he says a person has two friends, three friends, you're like already uh, mudna 
But a person, he said, you have many acquaintances and people, you don't have to like select, he's not my friend. But he said, you have like two, three, he was talking about friendship and the beauty of friendship. And friends are very important. A friend is a tifazach. Somebody who supports us. A friendship's eternal. A friendship's not. It's not fleeting. Friends I don't speak to anymore. Made it, I, I walk around. I'm a piece of them. They, they, they held me up. They encourage me. My, life, my life's accomplishments belong to friends. Friends are a big deal. But he said you have one, two, like three friends already a lot. When I heard that Shloim in ninth grade, I hated that. Oh, what do you mean? Like, me and my chevra, like, what are you talking? Like, it was like upsetting. To the point I figured, okay, he's like a certain type. Okay, so he has very few friends. Now you fast forward many years later. I hope nobody's mad at me here. And if you're mad, don't be, come up to me and say you're mad. But I say that now many, many years later, I know what he's talking about. A person has a friend. I'm talking about a confidant, somebody you open up to, somebody you share real. How many friends? Again, you have many people. I don't want to like measure because you have many friends and we have a whole yeshiva. Each guy is such an important guy. But I'm talking about that level, the kenei chaver friendship. This is, this is my chaver and I sh- run by important questions of my life that I, wanna, I want him to help me with. That chaver, that level of chaver, Shaf, I understand what he meant more. I'm just mentioning, I'm running tonight. I have, a, I, have a, I have a friend's wedding tonight, a chaver, who's such a loyal friend. He's marrying off his son. I'm going to his, his son's wedding tonight. But the preciousness of a loyal friend, it's funny, my wife and I always live, I, oh, the first one, the way I know it's my birthday, I never have to try to memorize my birthday. The second it becomes like the day I get a text from this friend, a happy birthday, happy anniversary, he happens to be a genius with dates. Numbers and dates, I've only met two people in my life who have this type of genius, dates and numbers. He remembers phone numbers and dates. On, on the end, he says the date, October 3rd in 1982, you told me, or it's Tishrei, he remembers dates, his genius memory of dates. And he's always, he remembers all his friends' birthdays, anniversaries, other important aspects. Our kids' birthdays, he remembers. My kids get birthday texts from him. But he's, a, he's just a good, a loyal, loyal, loyal friend. Always, always giving chizuk and encouragement. A very special guy. And that point, the, the value of a friend. On a day that I'm going with friends for 45 years, that's it. We're friends for 45 years. It's a little awkward, a 27-year-old to have a friend for 45 years. We were friends in Shemayim before it all began. But we are friends 45 years. But it's a, a friend, the power of a good chaver is a big deal. A good chaver is a big deal. The... It's, it's opening Gemara's when you have a chaver in Eilam Abba, you, 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 you get together with your friends. That's klar. It's eternal. When it's Ruchnius, when it's Ruchnius in Eilam Abba, that's Gemara's. There's not, nothing short of Gemara's. You go visit Beza Hashem. I don't know if I don't, they'll give me a pass. It's places I won't belong. But maybe my chaver's there. I have such rayas that if your chaver's in certain places, so you get into cool places, you don't even have such a ticket. You only bought, you know, my father talks, but you let it go down in the stadium. I have much bigger questions. Could you go up in Oilam Abba? 
Like, you know, if you have a ticket, my father's psak, then there are going to be guards at the door. I think in Shemayim they follow my father's psak. But I always wonder if you have a friend in a lower seat, I can want to talk to my friend for a few minutes. So I, I think I have cameras that in Shemayim you can get into places with friendships, can help you sneak into all different places, I think. I'm pretty convinced. But, but I wanted to mention the power of Kenei Chachaver. Chazal already advised, acquire a friend. It's interesting. Somebody tell me, who, I don't know who likes trivia here. Tell me the Avais. Tell me the first time in the Torah you see the concept of a friend in the Torah. Very good. Avram is on their Eshkol and Mamre. Avram Avinu had four friends. It's so fascinating to me. It's not a topic a lot in the Torah. In the, in, in the Torah itself, friends, in the Vim you find it by Eoiv, it speaks a lot. The whole Sefer Eoiv deals with Eoiv's friends. He has three friends and the way his friends advise him. So in Nach you find it in the Torah itself, friends and friendship, it's interesting. The, the, you don't hear to, so much. Tell me another case of friendship in the Torah. That was one. Avram Avinu had three friends. Very interesting. On their Eshkol Mamre, the pals of Avram. So interesting. He had Chaverim. He had a, three Chaverim. They called Bali Bris Avram. They had a Bris. They had a covenant. Some treaty, some deal they had. It's Tell me another example of friendship. It says Yosef and Parai. Yosef was an Av Leparoi, Rashi says a Chaver, a friend. <laughs> he was a shtickle friend, they had some Chavreshav. It says Yosef and Paroi, he was an Av Leparoi, Rashi says Chaver Upitaroin, a friend and an advisor. So it's interesting, Yosef and Paroi, you find this concept of some sort of a friendship, it calls him a Chaver. So friendship's very, very powerful and very significant. The power of a chaver, of somebody who mamish is there, connected to you. One day, my bracha to every guy here is your wife's your best friend, but real. That's my bracha, my dream for every guy here, but real. It's that your wife's your best chaver in the world. By, by miles, reya mahuvim, a reya as a friend, and it calls a wife reya mahuvim. A beloved friend, like the deepest, deepest friendship you'll ever have, is a wife. My bracha, people who are zayche, their wife's the best friend in the world. But I finemis, that's my bracha, my hope for every single guy here. But a chaver toif, a good chaver is a big deal. It's a big deal to have a chaver neman, a trustworthy friend is, is a big deal. So I wanted to mention, I'm zayche tonight to go to Reb Dov Kilson. One of my best friends and a chaver in, in the truest sense of the word. Somebody who has, has given encouragement, who I can laugh with and cry with. It's a big deal to have a, a, to have a friend like that. He talks about, I did something a few years ago for him that he mentions. He's, he's been there for me many, many times over the years. Many years back, he was having a major surgery. He was having a major, major surgery. And I called the hospital. He was in the ICU. And I called the hospital, it was in Manhattan, I lived in Waterbury, it was about 16 years ago, I would estimate. He's go, he would tell you the date, he would tell you, he wouldn't estimate, but I'm not so good with dates. It was about 16 years ago, and I called the hospital, it's a long trip to Manhattan, and he had just come out, it, it was 7, 8, 9 at night, and I called the hospital and, and I said, could I go visit my chaver? I want to go visit my friend, could I come? They said, no way, I begged, no way. So I told my wife, they said, no way. I put on my coat, got in my car, and drove to Manhattan. 
I was not like some guy was not telling me I'm not visiting my friend. That wasn't. That's pre-COVID. I don't know today, but I got in. I got in. I wasn't taking a no. My wife said, what are you doing? They told you, no, you can't go. I said, that was just that I travel with more Yeshiva Das. I'm going to my friend. He's just, he's just, I wanted, he opened his eyes. I was standing there. I somehow bullied my way in. And got in, he opened his eyes. I was, there, I was there five minutes. I wasn't there long. He had just had a major surgery, but I wanted him to open his eyes. I should be there. That somebody pushed his way in. But a chaver, a friendship is, 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 is a big deal for all of us to acquire chazal advice, kenelech chaver, to find a friend. Different people bring different things out of us. A good friend, when you're around, you just find you're better. The best version of you is brought out. Being around them, some people around them doesn't make them bad. It makes them not a good friend for us. Some people around don't bring out the best things out of us. Just the strongest places are just bring out for all different reasons. The right chaver brings a lot of good things out of us. We could talk more about Chevreshaf, but I want to get to Parshas Vayigash. Maybe today we should drop and talk about friendship. I want to talk about Vayigash. It's interesting that Vayigash has the relationship between Yosef and Yehuda. And they really, anybody, don't stop being shallow, Chevre. We have to grow up. Yosef and, and, Yosef and Yehuda, that connection is fascinating. It's the story of all of history. Yosef facing Yehuda Shmuel is so intriguing and fascinating, Israel. Yosef and Yehuda. Yosef's the king of Egypt. Yehuda doesn't know who Yosef is. And Yehuda's approaching, trying to, trying to negotiate with Yosef. And that, that conversation is a fascinating conversation. Yehuda representing, Yehuda's the son, the main son of Leah. Yosef HaTzadik the main son of Rachel. So this is like Rachel and Leah, Yaakov Avinu's two wives, and Yosef and Yehuda. And everything lies in that confrontation. If you know anything about history, Mashiach, what's, what's happening by Mashiach? Who's coming first? Mashiach ben Yosef. First Mashiach ben Yosef is going to herald, is going to say, is going to come, he's going to die, and then Mashiach from Yehuda. Very interesting. Again, Yosef and Yehuda. First, Mashiach ben Yosef, who really is going to be the heralder. He's going to announce the coming of Mashiach. He's going to lead into Mashiach that comes from Shevet Yehuda. She's again, Yosef and Yehuda. The Oymek, the, the I don't want to say this is the Oymek. This is the shallow. Because it's stuff that I don't know. I'm not pretending to know it. I'm very curious about it. And Yosef and Yehuda's relationship is fascinating. Yosef represents the person who never sins. Yosef was tempted and doesn't sin. And Yehuda represents the person who sins and does tshuva. The name Yehuda means to admit. Yehuda does the Avera and admits. There are two aspects of Emes. Yosef is, is MS that's untainted, and Yehuda's Maidala MS, the return to truth. <coughs> Mashiach comes, there's Mashiach ben Yosef, is the aspect that's untouched, and the ultimate Mashiach is from David Amelech, is that which sinned and comes back. That's like the highest level of MS, that which sinned and came back to MS. There's, of course, there's a, there's a piece of Yosef that's there, the untouched, untainted by sin, 
But the deepest, deepest thing that's the ultimate victory, ultimate Mashiach, is Mashiach from David HaMelech, Mashiach from Shevet Yehuda, that which has sinned and is returned. That's the most powerful display of MS in this world. Of course, there's a part that's untouched, that's Yosef. And then the ultimate Madrega, that which comes from Shevet Yehuda, that which has, has sinned but has come back and returned. That's, that, that, there's, there's deep oymek to Yosef and Yehuda. It has to be studied very well, their conversation. I want to share with you today something very, very, almost an aside, but I want to introduce a concept to the guys that's important to me through this, through this word of Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. I have shared the word of Rav Yaakov before. I'm using the word of Rav Yaakov for an agenda that I want to share, for something that I want to introduce the guys to Elio. So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky asked the following question, Yosef. Put the pick out Yosef for this one. Yehuda is speaking to Yosef. And Yosef at Sadiq is the, is the king of Egypt. Yehuda doesn't know who he is. He sees he's the king of Egypt, who has now, Shimon is in captivity. Yosef, this king of Egypt, this Mishnah Lamelech the second, the Viceroy the second to the king, has, is giving the brothers tremendous problems. And is saying that I'm not, is giving them serious, serious problems. He's kidnapped now Shimon and Benyamin. And Yehuda, who has guaranteed, who has been in Ariv, Anoichi Arvenu, who has told Yaakov Avinu, I'm in Ariv, I'm a guarantee I'll bring Binyamin back. And Binyamin's been kidnapped by Yosef Atzadik, by this king of Egypt, has kidnapped now Binyamin. Yehuda had promised his father, I'm going to bring Binyamin to Mitzrayim as the king has asked me, and I promise you I'll bring him back. And his whole Olam lies in bringing back Binyamin. And this king of Egypt, unbeknownst to Yehudu, Yosef HaTzadik has kidnapped Binyamin. So now his brother Binyamin's kidnapped, with Shimon is kidnapped. Comes Yehuda, and he says the following conversation to the king of Egypt, who unbeknownst to him is Yosef. Vayigashe love Yehuda. Yehuda approaches. Vayoymer, and he says to the king, Be I'm going to just translate the words. I'm going to try not to use any tone. Tonality is very important. In speeches, tonality is important. In singing, tonality is important. In speeches, it's interesting. A few times in my life, I've had to speak in places that were very loud, and you scream. You never, ever give a good speech screaming. Never. Because a big part of speech is tonality. You talk low at some points. And when you're excited, you get like, you could tell a good speaker when he's excited. If a speaker speaks the whole way excited, it means zero. He doesn't, he just, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. You can't be excited about everything. A good speaker you hear when he's talking, and when he gets excited, the voice rises, and all of a sudden, whoa, he's fired up. That's tonality is very important in speaking. What voice you're using. If you're ever forced in a place to scream your whole speech, it's a horrible speech. You're out of whack with your emotion. You're just trying to scream above a crowd. And it's very, it, it, it's, almost, it's not almost impossible to give a meaningful speech because you lose the whole sense of tonality. You only have your words minus what you're excited, what you're not excited. Very difficult, very poor quality speech. I want to read these words that Yehuda says to Yosef without any excitement because I want, I want the guys to tell, I want to ask you a question about these words. I don't want to give it away. 
Yisrael, listen to these words. Vayigash Elav Yudu. Yudu approaches the second to command in Egypt. Vayoyman, he says, Biyadoyni. Please, my master, let your servant speak something in the ears of my master. Please don't be angry at your servant, which will translate, I hold you in the highest regards like Pharaoh. You to me are like Paroi. Adoni shows about my master asked his Evid, asking if you have a son or brother. And I said to my master, we have an old father and he has a young son. His brother has died and he alone is left to his mother. And his father loves him. You said to your servants, bring him. I want to look at him. You said you wanted to look at my brother. We said to our master, He can't leave his father. If he leaves his father, his father's going to die from anguish. And you said to the Eved, If you don't bring him here, you can't come back to me. Don't come back without your younger son. He continues on what he tells Yisrael, is he speaking tough or soft? How would you assess Yehuda speaking to Yisrael Tzadik where he sees Is he coming tough and brazen or soft and humble? What do you assess? Um, can, I, can you say over Yeah, sure, sure. He said, but Yehuda approaches, says, please, my master, could your servant say something in the ears of my master? And don't be upset at your servant. I hold you, in the, I hold you like as much as Parai. In my eyes, you're Pharaoh. And my master asked the servant, saying, do you have a father or a brother? And I said to my master, what do you think this language? Is this tough or very soft and humble? Soft and humble. I don't think any human being in the world could read these psukim and say, you know, there are different approaches. Yehuda didn't approach flexing and saying, excuse me. You read these psukim, there is no way of reading these psukim. I don't care what language you use. He has come amazingly. He calls him my master repeatedly. Repeatedly says, your servants, he's coming in the most humble of ways. I don't see if anybody wants to try in the words of the Torah to read something different. I challenge anybody. The words, no matter how you read these words, Yehuda's coming, very, very edel. It's coming. Comes Rashi on the words, Ki kimoicha kiparei. Rashi has three pshatim. Kimoicha kiparei, says Rashi. Chashav ata be'enei kimelech. Zeu pshutai. Pashtos! It means you are chashev, you are important to me like paroi. The pashtus of the words is you, you are like paroi to me. I'm intimidated by you, I'm amazed by you, you're paroi. Paroi himself. Umidrashai, Rashi says, two pshatim in the Medrash. Umidrashai, you're going to end up getting smote, just like Paroi got smote. Another Rashi says, just like if you fight me, I'll kill you and I'll kill Paroi also. If you fight me, you want to fight? 
I'm not afraid of you and I'm not afraid of Pari. I'll kill you both. That's Rashi's drash. Mm-hmm. Now I ask the Chevra, I hear the drash. Rashi brings a drasha. And the drasha Rashi brings is Yehuda flexed his muscles and said, I'm not afraid of you. They were warriors, the Shvatim. And Yehuda said, I have news for you, buddy. I want my brother back. And if you fight me, I'll kill you and I'll kill Pari. I'll take you both down. That's the drasha. Now my problem is, read the psukim. There's no way, first of all, I have two kashas. First of all, what happened? There's a machloikis, the pshat, and the drash, what happened? In pshat, became soft and, and woo. And in drash, so it's machloikis, pshat, and drash, what happened? What's going on? It happened. There's a story in history. Did he come soft or tough? Pshat says he came soft. Drash says he came. And worse yet, how can you have a drash he came tough? Try to put it back in the psukim. It's not true. If you read the psukim, he didn't come tough. Read the psukim. There's no way to say he's, he's coming. You can't speak more soft than the psukim speak. I couldn't, I couldn't read it in tough. And Yehuda approached and he said, Please, my master, let your servants... You, you, can, you can say as tough tone you want. He says, your servant, master. There's no way of reading tough here. How can the drash say he spoke tough? <coughs> Hoodie, what are you, Taina? <laughs> don't be afraid. Uh, 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 well, but, it's pretty passive. I don't know. It's, who says it's not a guy? I don't know. That makes it because he says it. He's saying, no, saying you're... Mass, why is that the most aggressive? Yeah, you still Please, master, servant. You couldn't... You could, me sarcastic somehow, my master. Who <laughs> 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 is my master? The the words are amazingly soft. You couldn't you couldn't learn it. You saying I did everything you wanted me to do. What are you saying? He still calls him repeatedly, my master and your servant, to say I'll kill you and Para. To say the drash somehow in here is like is wild. Soft as can be. It's not tough. It's my point, but all of a sudden he has a drash, Rashi. There's no room for the drash. Revezi always has this running joke that a guy like says to Rebbe, Rebbe, you're a jerk. Like says something mean to Rebbe, calls him Rebbe. Like. <laughs> Rebezi is explaining the joke like Rebbe you're a jerk like you're saying third person like you're being mechabit and you rip the Rebbe Rebbe you're a jerk what? yeah very strong the strongest country in the world for sure Rami's right but then you're saying he spoke tough it doesn't fit in the psukim I'm going to bring out what Avrami just said. He's right. And what Hudi said, like, listen to what Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky said. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky said, in everybody's words, there's pshad and drash. Let me give you a scenario. You're sitting by your Rebbe Friday night after a beautiful Einik Shabbos. Avrami, listen, Mary, listen to this. Avrami, you're sitting great game last night. Avrami dominated. Excellent job, Avrami. 
Avrami Garnaus was, was announcing for me, he scored 10 out of 12 points at one point while he was announcing for me. I thought he was like, mega. Avrami Deke scores. Are you saying Avrami because you like the name Avrami? Like it was, <laughs> is it a true story? 10 out of, is that true? 10 out of 12 points at one point? Yeah, he was announcing. Avrami was announcing for me. I like games on the radio better. If you knew the shots you hit in my mind, you'd be, you, you, were, you, were, you were balling last night. <laughs> it was the radio. because I I Usually I watch the games. It wasn't broadcast. Avrami was broadcasting. So I got my dream radio. If you guys saw the type of moves Avrami hit last night, whew, you dunked. A few of them I made dunks in my brain. If you don't mind, a couple of them you mamish dunked. Most of them just were gorgeous moves. Anyway, okay. <laughs> the kitzer is set like Avrami like this. You're sitting by your Rebbe on a Friday night. It's a beautiful Einig Shabbos by your Rebbe. It's going on. It's one in the morning, and the Rebbe smiles at everybody and he says to the Chevra, "Good Shabbos, Good Shabbos Yisrael, Good Shabbos Good Shabbos Shloim, Good Shabbos Avi." What did the Rebbe say? He wished the bracha. Pshat. Avi, what's pshat? He wished a beautiful bracha. Good Shabbos. Rev Miller used to tell people to have in mind when you say good Shabbos, have in mind. Don't just say words. Rev Miller would have in mind that you should enjoy the chalant. The food should be good. There should be pe- good Shabbos. The bracha, you should have a good Shabbos. So you'd have in mind the chalant should be wonderful. There should be shalom bias. Good Shabbos! You're saying, you're saying words, I'm wishing you, I'm vinching a year, good Shabbos. Don't, don't be a fake person. So good Shabbos, so the pshat is the Rebbe wished you a good Shabbos. What's the drash, Rebbe? What? Get out. Get out of my house and out! <laughs> the drash, the Rebbe said good Shabbos, he means everybody say, get out. <laughs> the drash says of Yaakov in his words, the pshat is he's saying good Shabbos. But why is he saying good Shabbos one in the morning? He means, everybody say, <laughs> it's time to leave. Out. So pshat would be a nice bracha, beautiful bracha, the Shabbos. Phenomenal bracha. The, dra- the drash of the words would be, could you get out of my house now? So all our words have pshat and drash. Sedrev Yaakov Kamenetsky, Yehuda, there's no way of around that he spoke soft. And he came in a very, your, your servant, your master, but he said, he said to Yosef, and the pshat is true, Trash is not arguing. He said, I hold you like Paray. There's a mashmais. You don't say, you don't say Paray's name easily. We don't have kings. So we're used to you say, if you read Harry Potter, you'll know what I mean. You don't say Voldemort's name. You don't just throw around Paray. You know, I hold you like Paray. First of all, you don't say anybody's like Paray. People get killed for that. In my eyes, you're as special as Paray. <laughs> you, don't, you don't try to equate. You don't go to a melech. That's like a Marie de Bemalchus. You get killed just for that. In my eyes, you're the same like Paroy. I hold you. Oh, shh. <laughs> Anybody hears, they take off your head for that. You're like Paroy in Pshat is a tremendous praise. The drash, the undertone of what he's saying is like, I'm not afraid of you and I'm not afraid of Paroy and I'll kill you both. That's the drash of what he's saying. 
Shabbos, you can easily explain that. How you can't explain that here. You're like Parah when you say to a king, when you say to the second to the king, in my eyes, you're Parah. So we have no king. We're not afraid of somebody. You don't say that in Egypt, that you're like Parah. You get your head chopped off. There's one Parah. Nobody equates. Go to, go ask the only place in the world you'd relate to this if you go to North Korea and Shucks, you can't get in. Go there and say to another guy, in my eyes, you're Kim Jong, whatever the Mishakra's name is, you know. People die for a lot less things than that in North Korea. You don't say to another guy, you know, I think of you like we think of Kim, whatever. You don't say that. That's un- you're not allowed to ever say that in that country. And he walks up to Yosef and he says, to me you're pari. The under, it sounds very sweet and nice. The drash means deeper yet. Get to a deeper place. What I'm saying to you is, I'll take you down there. I'm not afraid of you, and I'm not afraid of Paroi. Now, the Etzem Vart of Rav Yaakov is phenomenal. It's, it's, it rings emistic. And what I want the guys to chap, and Avram, this is what really why I said this Vart. The Vart itself is wonderful, Yisrael. What is the Vart? The Vart is that the Drash is not a different story to what happened. The Pshat that he said, I hold of you in the highest esteem, and the drash that I'll kill you and kill Parai is not two different things, versions of what happened. There's one story. The pshuta means what one would have experienced on a simple level. If you're in the house and the Rebbe said, Good Shabbos, the Rebbe gave us all a bracha. That's pshat. Drash is deeper yet what's going on. Did you ever go to a speech... And a speaker says, I was sitting on the train and I was thinking, and he t- says, why do he say he was sitting on a train thinking? This chat, he told you he was on a train. Oh, it's interesting. The drash is, he's telling you what a big thinker he is. He's trying to tell you, when I'm on trains, I just space out. At best, my mind goes if the Mets are going to sign Korea or not. And this guy, this guy, when he's on a train, he's mamish thinking. So the drash of what he says is an intellectual. His mind is kulay teira. Those are important things to know about. And the drash of what he wanted to communicate is precisely that. To tell you what an intellectual heavyweight. He's talking what a heavyweight he is. Excellent. Cool. Cool stuff. It's cool to be a heavyweight. I'm impressed. On trains, you think. So there's pshat and drash in everybody's words, Maish. There's pshat, what you said, and drash is deeper yet. Where's it coming from? So that's where Yaakov Kamenetsky brilliantly explained the drash here. What, what Yosef means a lot to me is there's a world of drash. We learn tired, we hear like a, a drasha, like a drash. Uh, 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 we hear Pneumia Satyra is a place and a realm that it takes place on. The story, every detail of our life has the external of the story and on a deeper level of what's happening. Drash connects to that deeper place of what's happening. When people, if you, if you, if you ever study Pneumia Satyra and you see Svarim that speak about Pneumia Satyra, they're, they're, they're connecting to something at a, very, at a deeper place in ourselves. The, I have seen the people in my lives who I'm impressed with when they share Pneumia Satyra. I have seen people that aren't deep in themselves talk about Pneumia. It, it's, to me, a complete farce. And you could tell... They, they're not shy to that world of Pneumius. They talk about it from a very chitzaniistic way. They're not shy. They're not a, 
pneumistic a person to be in touch with the world of pneumius. Pneumius is not like a, di- it's a deeper place yet. When you're deeper in touch and more in touch with the nuance of the story, that's called pneumius atira. There's a place called Pneumius. There's a place called Drash. It's not like the Pshat was this and the Drash like argues. It's like the literal translation. And for those that are not literalists, that's not what Drash is. It's deeper yet. Deeper yet. A little under the surface. What's brewing, what's there, deeper yet. That's the world of Drash. So this Vart of Rev Yaakov is an incredible Vart, but it's much more than a Vart. It's very instructive to what Pshat and Drash are. Remez, Said, these are different Madregas of the same event that's occurring, just in different places, in different, deeper yet. The same event that happens, deeper yet, what's going on. That's the world of Said, the world of Drash, the world of... So I wanted this word of Rev Yaakov's a very big window into what Drash is. That's why it's, an, it's not an incredible word, but it also is a window into what the world of Drash, what the world of Rem is, what the world of Said is. I thought it's a tremendous window in this conversation between Yosef and, between Yosef and Yehuda. But it means that Yehudin is in his conversation, and this could be in the whole thing. Often you could have a very relaxed conversation that in the deeper way you could be saying, and by the way, it might not only be in those three words, in the deepest way you could be saying, I'm not afraid of you. And in your whole discussion, a warm, endearing discussion, what, Yosef, what Yehuda is communicating is, I'm not afraid of you at all. <laughs> now, some, this is where Yehuda was, some, who was saying before that he really was saying, I did everything you asked me. From my end, I'm done with you, this. And the connotation deeper yet, I'm, 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 taking, I'm, I'm done with you. I'm taking you down. So you could put that all in, but even though the language, that's why somebody said passive-aggressive. Somebody described, there's a level called Drash, and the Drash is saying that Yehudu was communicating this with a language of soft and sweet, but that what was being communicated under all this is I'll kill you and I'll kill Pari, and I'm afraid of neither. That's what's being communicated under, underneath this soft talk. According to this, yeah. The Davracher is really Davracher on the Drash. So the Drash, all, all through the three Drashes, all the Drashes, he says, Paragat Saras, you'll get Saras. And all of them, Davracher, Paro is a liar, you're a liar. Then Davaracher, if if you fight me, I'll kill you and Pari. All those three drashes, he's he, he's 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 talking tough. So I don't know on the three drashes. It, it could be he meant them all. The three drashes in every in every drash, he's talking tough. In the pshat, he's talking soft. In all three drushes, he's coming firing. Which means that there was an undertone deeper yet. If you think what Yehuda was saying, he's saying, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of Pari. I'm going to have to kill you and I have to kill Pari as well. <laughs> Underneath a very soft and nice speech that was that... That, that was communicated in a deeper level. If you're sensitive to a deeper level, in always, if you think about people's speech, 
It's a fun activity. Don't do this. You could take apart anybody speaks to you. You could say pshat in all their words and read the drash. We gave that example. The guys, I'm on the train and I was thinking, there's a pshat, his words, there's a drash of what he's trying to tell you. We all have pshat and drash in our words. What we said and what we're communicating. We all communicate on many, many levels. And in the world of Drash, he was, he, was, he, was, he was coming out firing, even though in the world of Pshat, he was very soft and humble and, 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 and giving like beautiful things to, to Yaisar HaTzadik. But in the world of Drash, he was... Make sense, Yisrael? I like this word of Yaakov, but I like it for what it taught me. It opened my eyes more into what the world of Drash and Primius is. It opened my eyes a lot. Not another way of looking at it if you want to hear a different happy way. There are some that argue though, no? But there's different drashas that go two different ways. Pshat and drash, there could be machloiksim in drash. In pshat and drash, I think this is what's happening in pshat and drash. Drash says deeper yet, a deeper look at things, entering into a deeper view of the matter. Is that a deeper meaning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's softer though, right? Yeah. What do you say? Said it softly. For yeah. sure, that's for sure. I don't think you can argue on that in chat. That if you were there, you'd hear a soft conversation. But always there are things you could say the softest in the world if you understand what he's saying, cool. what he communicates to, to Yosef. I'm not afraid of you, Apa. Cool. <laughs> he's saying that you compare with Pirate, saying he's not scared of Pirate. Meaning he's not scared of you, because it's too bad. Yeah, you're like, just to say the words, he knew that, Yehuda knew that. He gets in there, he says loudly, he says, I hold you like Parrot. You're the highest. <laughs> There's a message there, I'm not afraid of you, I'm not afraid of Parrot. There's a message that contained in the soft words, you could say it the softest way, you could have that message. Scarier, honestly. Yeah, somebody called it like passive. In a way, it's scary. What, what, what um, Shmuel just said, that it's scarier, I agree with that. To talk tough is less scary than a soft, sweet way that says, I'm well, not afraid of you. Saying you saying something come that so... Kill. What? He's saying something that he knows he's going to kill. He's saying, like, I don't care. I'm trying to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't scary about like, taking it out? <laughs> probably was. <laughs> I'm sure he was. No, it says he, he got emotional, but his, his Kabbalah, his, his accepting of the yoke, Yehuda is going to bat for Binyamin, one over Yosef at Sadiq. The, the Rashi right before on Baal Yuthar Alpha says, We find out the Lomit Shah, Fever Love Kosher. It sounds more that it was tough, that there was some tough. <coughs> it's interesting, even that, even that Shad and Rashi, the MS, what's Rashi saying? From here you learn he spoke tough because he said, Don't get angry. So we're so he's setting up the drash. The way I understood that Rashi is where does he speak? Rashi says from here we learn he spoke up, but he didn't. I think Rashi's saying what like I'm gonna explain in the drash. So you see, why do you even say and don't please don't be upset at all about this? You didn't say anything very upsetting. You know, so he said, I hope you're not angry at me and tells you something. I hope you're not angry with Shalom, I love you. What? Why should I be? What, 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 I, I don't even know what you're saying. So it's funny. Rashi's bothered by that. He says, please don't be upset, my master. You didn't say anything upsetting. Not one thing. Rashi says, Mikam, we learn he said tough things. Where? I think Rashi means, Kimaya, I'm going to explain in a second, the next Rashi in the Drash. That's why I understood Rashi means, I think the Sif Sechachamim learns like me. That that's what Rashi means. 
You know what I mean? Otherwise, where is that, Kashas? I cannot see mine, but I've seen that. What? Oh, the Dabr ain't Dabr is a Lushin of tough. But it's funny, he says, Yedabir, where is that? I think they speak at Yedabir is Kashas. But I'm saying, but then what? Let me, uh-huh. Almost like, are you deaf? Like, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Aha, aha, interesting. I have to see the Mizrahi. That's interesting. I assumed what Rashi meant, but I, I would like to check the Mefarshi Rashi. I assumed that Rashi meant that is the tough. There's words, these words might be, I want to share with the guys words in the Torah. It's time for Mincha. And I, but I just, I can't end today. I just can't without reading these words. These words are from my favorite words in the Torah. I was zeichet to get an aliyah. It's actually in Shani. And I was zeichet to get an aliyah. And when, 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 the, when ya- Yaakov Hill Goodman Special Ben Torah just published a sefer. It's publishing a sefer, a beautiful Ben Torah. Rev. Yaakovel Goodman Shlita was here, was a dorm counselor, and he was leaning for the tzibur. And I got these words, it ended my aliyah. I never left these words. I remember he was motioning to me to turn the Torah, but I couldn't turn the Torah. He just opened two paragraphs. He's looking Vaita, he's reading Vaita, and I'm, I'm on the front. I wasn't leaving. There are words here I have to read to the guys. I think the words are so powerful. Yehuda, Yehuda has given a guarantee. Anoichi arvenu miyadi tevakshenu. By the way, just I'm shot, take a chumash. Let me read you these words, just stop. There's the end of Parshas Miketz when Yehuda's convincing Yaakov Avinu to send, to send Binyamin. So he says to Yaakov Avinu, let me read those words. <laughs> Uh, it's in Perak Mem Gimel Pasuk Tes, Daniel. Perak Mem Gimel Pasuk Tes. Yosef, Yaakov Avinu, uh, Yehuda says to Yaakov, Anoichi arvenu miyadi tevakshenu. I'll be a guarantee. Anoichi arvenu. And Arev is a cosign. If you want, Shloim, if you want to borrow money from Yisrael. I say, can I borrow for 200? I don't know, I don't know. I say, I'll guarantee it. What does that mean? If Yisrael can't pay, you can collect from me. That's called an Arev, a cosign. And Yehuda says, I'll be the guarantee. You can come and demand from me. We don't bring Binyamin back. What's that double lush in Daniel? That's what it means to be an Arev. So what's the double lashon? I'm in arev miyadi tevakshen. I mean, that's what it means to be an arev. Luchayri the pshat is by an arev. What's the rule? What's the halacha by an arev? Shlomo borrows money from Yisrael. When you, the loan is due, who do you go to first? 
Shlomo borrowed from you, and I was the guarantee. What's the halacha? You have to go to him first. If you come to me, I say, first go to Shlomo. If he can't pay up, then come to me. That's typical Arev. What Yehuda says, I'm the Arev, the guarantee. You can come to me first. You don't have to first check out any other place. Miyadi Tvakshana, come right to me. Normally by an Arib, you first have to deal. So something happens to Binyamin Yaakov Avinu. You don't have to first handle, let me try to get it back. Miyadi Tvakshana, come to me first. That's you. Yudah. Yudah took tremendous responsibility for Yasef HaTzadik. When he says, after he took responsibility, Arvus, he says to... He says to Yosef HaTzadik, the king of Egypt, Eich el el avi. How can I face my father? My brother's not with me. Now, my friends, we are all a raven for each other. Kol Yisrael a raven And what does Yehuda say when he's the arave for his brother? How can I face my father and my brother's not with me? You come back, Hi, Dad! Where's your brother? Oh... Eich el el avi. How can I face my father by nari nenuiti? If you would hang in your house, you know, people have like a poster of some words that gives them life, that makes them wake up in the morning, that gives like, let's go, let's go. Eich el el avi. How can I face my father by nari nenuiti? And the lad is not with me. What does that mean to face my father? Um, what happened to your brother? Shrug. I can't face my dad by Nari Nenuitia. My brother's not with me. Whenever you're a guarantee for somebody else, for a brother, and you took a Christ, you took responsibility. You took responsibility. You're a Christ. How do I face my father? My brother's not with me. You have this sense on your own children, you have a tremendous sense of responsibility in their own ruchnius, in their own success in life, that Hashem, you trusted me with such a pekad. And how can I, Eich El Elavi, how can I face my father by Nari Nenuiti, and the lad is not with me? That's a tremendous sense of responsibility. You just said, I can't go home. I am not going home without Benyamin. I'll tear down this country, I'll bring you down. Yosef, I'll bring Parai. I am not going back to my father without my brother. Eich el elavi. It's not happening. I'm not facing my father. My brother's not with me. Those words are such an energy. Such an energy for us all to make sure the next guy's with the fallen soldier. You're not coming back. Oh, shrug. I don't know where. I'm not facing my father. My brother's not with me tremendous charge for every single Yid to make sure that his brother is with him, that he didn't leave the brother by the wayside. Says, Dad, I'm here. Dad's thrilled to see you. But he wants his other son also. Eich el elavi. How can I face my father? This is like the words against elitism, against any sense of rejection of another Yid. Hashem loves you. But you can't face Hashem and your brother was... Dumped by the wayside. It's on the side of the road somewhere. Eich el elavi. I can't look at my father. When I heard this Pasuk read, Yisrael, laning ended. <laughs> I wasn't going on. It was too overwhelming Pasuk. No? Yeah. Marutchid rings this Pasuk. 
we should write this. It should be written like we should get Shalom Koko across the dorms, just over the buildings, then do it to every yeshiva in the country. Write in big letters across the building. Eich el el how can I face my father? And the lad, the other kid, is not with me. Where is he? Powerful words, Reb Mendy, no? Yeah, we have a lot to learn. Parshas Vayigash. Tremendous, tremendous amounts to learn in Parshas Vayigash. Reunion, Yaakov Avinu and Yosef Atzadik. There's so much here. This is so much here. You know, you know, it very much fascinates me. See, we're about to start Gullus. We're going. This parsha, Yaakov Avinu goes to Gullus. It fascinates me that the going to Gullus is such a happy story. Going to Gullus is rejection. Gullus. Do you realize that the story of Golas started in such a happy way? Yaakov saw Yosef and reunited after 20 years. His prized son, who we thought was dead, and he meets him. And that's the start of Golas. Isn't that weird? That's a weird way to go to Golas. Isn't Golas rejection? Isn't Golas distance? Isn't Golas... We have such a funny picture of Golas. But the Gullus began with a massive reunion of Yaakov and Yosef. That's literally Hudi, the start of Gullus. Literally, literally the start of Gullus. From this point on, we didn't get out of Egypt and we were stuck there a long time. But Haloidavr, that the start of Gullus. Gullus is a place that we discover ourselves. Gullus is a place that we form a tremendous connection to Hashem. I say to us all in the difficult, uncomfortable places of our life is where we discover ourselves, where we discover Hashem and where we get close to Him. That's what Golos is. I am, it's fascinating that the Golos Mitzrayim started with Yaakov's reunion with Yosef. Welcome to Golos. What a, what a welcome. Golos, not, it'll trumpet. You know, we, we say this song, we sing this song on... Um, on Tishabov, so there's a minig Yisrael we contrast. You sing loud and happy. You talk about tonality, I'm a shtickle tone there, but we, we say the song and we describe the joy of leaving Mitzrayim. La 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 Woo! Exciting. And then you go in an undertone, very sad. The sadness when he left Yerushalayim, Golos. And you contrast leaving Mitzrayim, woo! Leaving Eretz Yisrael is tragic and sad, as is the truth. And certainly in the world of Pshat, leaving Yerushalayim is a tremendous, sad, sad reality of leaving Yerushalayim. But in a deeper yet place that leaving Yerushalayim is to get us back to Yerushalayim. And leaving Yerushalayim is a natural step that is necessary for a person to find himself amongst all the comforts of Yerushalayim. We forget Hashem. And we go to Gullus, we find ourselves, we find our relationship to Hashem. 
and it's cool that the start of Golos was a, quite a happy occasion of Yaakov reuniting with his son Yosef. And that's the journey of Golos, is a, really a journey of finding oneself, of finding Hashem. We'll yet study it. Yashukai Chavaisai, let's dive in Mincha and Second Sabbath.